Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri, and welcome to The Witching Hour. I have an amazing guest for us today. He's a new friend of mine I just spent last weekend with, actually in Massachusetts, author and witch, uh, Jeff Cullen. You're going to love him, just like I do. But before I introduce Jeff, let me tell you a little bit about this upcoming week. If you are listening or watching this show when we first drop the week of October 4th, um, this is what we have going on. Number one, it's October. It's spooky season. Put out those decorations. Put out those pumpkins and skeletons and bats. And I mean, some of us never took them down, but if you did take them down, put them back out. It's the season. Um, so this week, I just got back from the virtual Orange County Paracon, which was this weekend. Um, I think it was fabulous, <laughs> that time travel thing. And this upcoming weekend is Vulture City Paracon. I will be in Vulture City, Arizona. Um, really haunted, abandoned mines. All You've probably seen it on Ghost Adventures and a bunch of the other shows. Um, lots of people are coming. Johnny Zaffis, a lot of the best paranormal investigators. I am doing a mediumship gallery in some big old haunted place somewhere. Um, so join us in Arizona. It's going to be a really good one. Um, and again, how often do you get to go into a haunted mind? It's going to be fun. Um, for classes this week, my new school, University Magicus, I am teaching past life regression on Tuesday evening, six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern. Um, it's really great. I'm going to teach you the basics of past life regression, how to work with yourself, how to do it. And we are going to do a past life regression. So maybe you will learn what one or a couple of your past lives were and see how that's why I'm afraid of railroads because that's what happened to me. Um, so that's what I have going this week. Just back from Orange County Virtual, on my way to Arizona, and in between I'm going to visit all of our past lives. So join universitymagicus.com for the school, Vulture City Paracon for Vulture City Paracon, OC Paracon if you want to look back. The videos are all up of our virtual. And the the Henry, the guy who put this all together, he's a good video guy. So he's doing more work. He's editing all these interviews we did. So it should be really nice at OC Paracon. And speaking of our first guest, or I just met him, where I met him was in Massachusetts at the world's largest ghost hunt. It was actually a combination. We were doing um, a Libra Catonia weekend, Hecate, announcing his book. I was working with Maria and everyone at the world's largest ghost hunt. And then, of course, my paranormal, we did an entire thing on top of with it. So if you didn't get to see me live, go to myparanormal.net and you will see Bridget at the Roosevelt and you'll see Dean Hagland and you'll see all of us also in all sorts of spooky basements everywhere. So go to myparanormal.net. You'll see me on the stairs with our today's guests and some of the things we're doing. Also, they have it on the world's largest ghost hunt plays. You could see this, all the different places they went. So lots of viewing for you to do. And remember, we are in spooky season and it is also giveaway season. I keep talking about the giveaways. We've already given some presents. The one thing you may notice is that a lot of the guests I have on my show are authors. And a lot of those authors are with a publishing company called Llewellyn. They do lots of magical and mystical books. So we have teamed together with myparanormal.net and Llewellyn Books to give you some of Llewellyn's 
fabulous books. We're going to be giving books away by Deborah Blake, Bells and Charms by Tudor Beth, The Horn God by Jason Mankey, The Inner Temple by Christopher Penzak. It's a pretty coffee table looking book, that one it is. We, of course, have tarot cards, tarot book, and yes, the new year is coming. Beautiful calendars, magical, mysterious cats, which my producer wants to steal, dragons, which I want to steal, but I guess we'll let you have them if you really want to win them. So you have to sign up, though. So go to myparanormal.net slash giveaways with an S, myparanormal.net slash giveaways. Sign up. You will see me there holding up some of these books. So get some free stash, guys. Sign up. Okay, for this week's magic, and since we are in October, I would talk to you about what October or Halloween kind of really is to us witch folk, since we're going to talk about the goddess Hecate, which is the witch's goddess. And I'll tell you a little bit why we dress up on Halloween. It's more than just because it's damn fun and you get chocolate, because it is damn fun and you get chocolate. But what it really is in the pagan culture is something called Samhain, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So don't ask me why, but it's called Samhain. And what it is, is the day that the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. You hear me all the time. I'm talking about the veil when I lift it for my seances. Well, twice a year, it's really low. Once is in May on May Day, but on Samhain is the time we celebrate the dead. The reason we really dress up in costumes and put jack-o'-lanterns outside of our house, that's to scare away bad spirits because everybody can see the spirits on Halloween or Samhain. So one of the beautiful things that we do on Samhain is celebrate our beloved dead. It's a great time to do an ancestor altar, which just means Put a picture of your deceased grandparents up, light a candle, do some memories, sit and talk about them around the living room. Um, If someone just died that day, we often call out their name. It is the time getting into the whole history of it when the horsemen are out and gathering the beloved dead and bringing them in for the new year. It is the pagan new year. So as you're lighting your pumpkin outside and putting your kids in your costume and you're getting into your best whatever the costume is this year, realize that there's actually a very magical, very mystical and very paranormal ghosty attachment to all of it. Okay, guess what time it is? Yeah, it's Willow time. Time for the Willow report, the Willow update, and for her to wake up from her sleeping nap. Now it is October, so I want to remind everybody that People have a lot more candy around in October and often a lot more chocolate. Do remember that chocolate is not good for dogs at all. It's actually poisonous for dogs. Now, so be careful where you put it. This little girl is like eight inches off the ground at her tallest, but she still seems to be able to get things off of high shelves. So be really, really careful with candy hanging around that you're gonna give away also. And also remember, if you are doing trick-or-treaters, the door's gonna be open more, there's a lot of noise. This girl is brave, 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 but she's afraid of loud noises. So just take extra precaution in this time of year when there's a lot more activities and a lot more both exciting and scary things to your pups. Um, And remember, if you don't have a puppy or kitty, get one. Um, Another Dachshund, if you are looking at the wonderment of Dachshund, another good Dachshund rescue in the LA area is Dachshund Rescue of Los Angeles. Again, they get some great dogs, Dachshunds and otherwise. But again, there's lots of dogs out there, lots of kitties that need homes and good homes. And I promise you, 
There is nothing that improves your mood better. There is nothing that makes you happier. There is nothing that shows you love like some form of fur baby. So check it out. And that's your Willow Report. My other favorite thing to do on Halloween or Samhain, and it's really good for you too, is called beating the bounds. It's actually an English tradition, but what you do on the eve of Halloween or Samhain is get your broom. It doesn't have to be a witch's broom. Any broom will do. But if you have a besom or a witch's broom, get that. And how witches fly on their brooms is not that you straddle it and you get into the clouds, is that you go between the other worlds. This witch's broom, it's a besom, it's your axis mundi, can travel between this world and that world. But on Samhain, on the new year, get your broom, magical or not, because all brooms sort of are, and go through the front, across your front porch, across your front door, maybe around your entire property. If you just have a bedroom you share with somebody, just your bedroom. Get your broom, and I want you to claim your land. Do it Do it whenever you're doing a big house clearing. On house clearing magic day, we'll talk about that. But always do it on Halloween Eve. So if you've got your, your ground is right here. Here's across your front door, your porch, the front of your property, the front of your room. Take your broom in hand, and I want you to slam it down going, I am claiming this land for my own. I am claiming this home for my own. I am claiming this space for my own. I am claiming this room for my own. And you're hitting the broom on the ground as you go and you're walking another foot and you're hitting the broom on the ground and you're walking another foot. You are claiming this land. You are claiming this house. You are claiming this space. That intent, everything is intent, is resonating through the ground below and through the house or space above. It helps the land, it helps the home, it helps the space and you to connect. It's a perfect thing to start your new year of the magical year ahead. Beating the bounds, get that broom out. Today I have a super amazing, amazing guest for you. I actually just met him myself this weekend. I've been hearing about him for a long, long time. Um, and I finally got to meet him and work with him. And he's even better than I expected. And I had high expectations. So let me first read the bio to you for the beautiful Jeff Cullen. Jeff Cullen is a self-taught artist specializing in subjects of the occult and esoteric and author of Liber Catonia, a contemporary witchcraft and devotional tradition to Hecate. Inspired by his mother and two sisters, who are also witches, he began his journey in paganism in the summer of 1998 after a long childhood fascinated by witchcraft. Being raised in the wooded hills of central New York, he spent a lot of time communing with nature and her spirits. He and his sisters would cast spells and weave magic into the deep woods, craft tools and rune stones from her elements, and construct temples in fallen trees. His witchcraft and personal cult is under the patronage of Hecate and Pan as queen and king of witches. Welcome, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great, Patty. How are you? I am wonderful. I am so excited. Thank you for just jumping in. Literally, I asked you like yesterday. I met you two <laughs> days ago. It's like, you have to do my show now before Halloween. And this is great. So thank you. It is my absolute pleasure. You know, it was great meeting you this past weekend. So um, I thought this would be a perfect way to kind of wrap up that weekend. Yes. So let me tell you, we just did a week and it kind of was a book launch for Jeff's books, Libra Catonia. I'm showing amazing. I just got my copy this weekend, but my friends have all been talking about it. And we were in somewhere in the middle of Massachusetts, it's this big old ancient 20 bedroom house with lots of spirits and ghosts and history. And, and you did your magic. You did what you did workshops and, and, 
we'll talk a little bit about what this was and what you did and what you talked about and what is this? Yeah, so Liebergothonia, I have my copy right here. Uh, this is basically my baby. So this is, I, I wanted to create the perfect book for new witches, advanced witches, anyone who's working with Hikate, unfamiliar or familiar with her, um, and kind of make it a one-stop shop. Uh, so literally it is my grimoire copied and made practical for the reader. Um, so it contains the uh, awakening of the Agalma or the cult idol, um, building an altar, um, rituals you can do, recipes for potions and spells. Um, so basically um, you'll find everything you need to know to create the foundation to a living, breathing tradition of your own in this book. It, and it is self-published, so um, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with the quality of it. Um, I poured pretty much everything into it and contains my own art. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely pleased with it. Beautiful. And I know there is beautiful rituals and things in it. We did a couple things um, f from the book, and I was just in awe of all of them. I've got my little bag with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was it was beautiful. And then we all did a ritual with Sal Santoro, a, a mutual friend of ours, um, who runs the Crooked Path here in Los Angeles. This beautiful raising of the spirits of the land ritual um, in this big ancient house again. So we lifted it and then I did a seance, which I, I, was interesting after that. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was really helpful and, and not helpful in, in a lot of ways. Ra ra raising the veil in, in two kind of different ways was very interesting. But you yeah. and your husband were so beautiful in it and having you right there as anchors um, was great. And then, of course, we could not in there. So that was the rituals at 10 and the seance was at 12. And at 2 o'clock, since it was National Ghost Hunting Day, I, I worked with a, a paranormal team and then we did, took the ghosts of the house. And then I jumped on a plane and came home. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still waiting for that one night's sleep. But I had, right. I learned so much from you. What I learned about, and I don't even, I don't, I don't even know if this is a book. Again, I just got your book. Um, mm -hmm. We did a graveyard tour, and I must, in a beautiful old graveyard where headstones really stuck up. Like they don't get that in Los Angeles much anymore. They have them so you can lawnmower over to gravestones. It's, ridiculous. Um, but I learned more in that whatever one, two hour walk, walk through the graveyard. And it all made such, I worked really elementally in my work. There was something in my, there's a bug, right? It's not a bug. Ah, okay. Sorry. Um, I, I, so everything you said, is like, oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. So you were kind of raised in this, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so we've been pretty much doing the occult and witchcraft since we were little. Um, you know, it, started from everything from you know working with the dead doing seances um doing the ouija board to um brewing potions uh from just stuff we found in the woods so we would steal like pots from the kitchen and then we would run outside and just start throwing stuff in it like um you know just like mushrooms dirt uh leaves sticks just anything we can find to kind of put our intentions into what we were doing um so we had a really in tuned relationship with the land itself. Um, and this is before my family even started working with deities like Hikate, um, because we really didn't have exposure to who she was. We found out later that that's who it actually was that was guiding us. Um, but yeah, my sisters, my mom, um, I have an aunt who practices witchcraft, cousins. Um, my grandma and her sister used to do things. Um, so it's just been a, a really awesome family tradition. That's beautiful. So uh, 
and I love it because you were there with your two sisters and your husband. It was like totally this beautiful family affair. Um, so, so for those who may not know, what's a little why Hecate? Who is Hecate? So Hecate is the goddess of crossroads. Um, she's this is comes from the Hellenic or the Greek pantheon. Um, she is also the uh, one goddess who is synonymous with witchcraft and necromancy. Um, so typically you don't find too many deities that are specifically called the goddess of witchcraft or the god of witchcraft, but she is actually one of them. Um, so basically throughout our childhood, you know, my mom to her great horror always seems to attract snakes no matter where she is. Uh, they will just come out of the ground or come out from under rocks or something, wherever she is, and they will just slither in her path and she will freak out. And um, we couldn't figure out why. Um, and then, uh, you know, we always did things by the light of the moon. We always, um, like, we always had three dogs growing up for some reason. Hmm. Um, and uh, we always just like hung out in cemeteries at night, you know, because in upstate New York, the cemeteries aren't gated. So we would just be able to go in there whenever we wanted to. And we didn't know any better. We didn't know that it was necessarily illegal. Um, but that was just like, and all of these things are, um, symbols of Hecate. So her sacred animals are the snake and the dog. Her sacred place, among other things, is the graveyard. And it wasn't until um, I started doing sculptures for clients that I actually began to become familiar with who Hecate was. Um, my first commission was a Hecate statue. The client wanted uh, her as a mother in the middle with a crone face and a maiden face on each side, very Robert Graves. Um, so I sculpted the statue. I didn't really know who she was. I did a little bit of research, but this is right before you can really get a whole lot of stuff off online. Um, so I created the statue, went to hand it to the, the client who commissioned it, and it just started falling apart. Um, I was super embarrassed. This was my first commission. I was horrified. So I was like, I, I will re-sculpt it. I promise you it will be better than this. So I re-sculpted it. I was happy. And now I had this broken statue. Uh, so I put the pieces back on that fell off and I was going to resell her. So I put her in the middle of my altar and I just felt this rush of energy come over me. Like I got chills. I got really emotional and I've never had that happen to me before where it was such a real energy that came off my altar. So I was like, okay, this is new. This is different. I'm going to sit with this for a little bit. And I kind of left her in the middle of the altar. And then I started having dreams about her. And that's when I decided, you know what, she's going to stay. Um, I told my mom about this. She's a, my mom is an English teacher. Uh, uh, she loves Macbeth, the witches of Macbeth. And she knew exactly who Hikate was. And then for her, it just put everything together. Um, and then when I started sculpting and she saw the face of my statues, it reminded her of a situation that happened when I was little, where, um, where we lived, we lived at a, an old Victorian mansion at a crossroads. And, you know, me being a rebellious little infant, I ran down the sidewalk towards the busy street. She was freaking out, chasing me. And every time she would run to me, I would run faster until I got to the corner and I was about to run into the street. And this um, woman picked me up and saved me from the street. She was dressed in, in like scarlet velvet. Um, my mom described her as this beautiful ebony woman, um, really stern looking, but she looked out of place. She didn't look like she was of this time. And the whole time my mom talked to her, the woman just looked forward. She never like looked at my mom or spoke to her. My mom hugged me 
and looked up to say thank you and the woman was gone wow yeah so it was and and when she saw my statues of picante she saw that face and she said oh my god you you remember her this is her and that's when we kind of really started getting into Hikate as our patroness of our family. That is beautiful. I got goosebumps all over. That is yeah, so she sort crazy. of picked you and then you discovered her. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So how does Hikate for again for somebody new into the craft, how does she how does she help your day-to-day life or help you in your day-to-day life? So Hikate is basically uh the divine crucible where we manifest our will through the ether. So the ether is this cosmic force that's existed since creation. So it's basically that that kind of invisible fire that everything sprang from. Um, so it's the manifestation of matter from nothing. And Hikate represents this. So in day-to-day life, what she does is she allows me to translate my inspiration or uh, my ideas into physical reality when I'm doing mundane things like sculpting, writing, that type of thing. But also because we literally work in witchcraft, we have a, an online store, um, we take on clients. So she is the patroness who channel we channel all of our witchcraft through to really give it that extra boost of power. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we will make sure that everybody finds out where your online store is, because I know we had some oil that you had made that oil, right? Your Hakate yes. oil. Yeah. I'm I'm an oil snob, and that was really <laughs> good oil. Thank <laughs> and, you. Um, yeah, your apothecary knowledge and everything that you made. So you guys check out this book. Check yeah. out this book. I love it. Um, so as we're yeah, it's 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 oh you have the hard copy, huh? Oh yeah. So this one I have right here is the soft cover. Um, oh yeah. But I am going to be cover. reprinting the hard cover. So I'm going to have about 500 reprints of that. See how they do. Um, and those have uh, seven artist panels, so it's got um, full-size images that I had that I drew specifically for that edition. Wow! So you are an artist, artist, not just you. You sculpt, you draw, you paint. Correct. So yep. that to me just makes that much more sense that you're that magical on using that side of your brain and things along the way. Mm-hmm. So as we're getting into season um, with Samhain, as we call it, Samhain, Halloween, for everybody knowing the veil is thinning, um, are you noticing a difference yet? Are you starting to? I know we're taping this a couple of weeks before we go on, but I was I was telling already noticing at our weekend. Oh, absolutely. Like things are starting to pick up here. Like we just moved into this house. And it, when we first moved in, you know, you kind of like the spirits hide a little bit. They're not really like engaging with you. They're still trying to figure out what's going on. But now as the season, we're entering the season of the witch, you know, the the Halloween season, things are starting to become a little bit more active, which we're absolutely thrilled with. That is, yeah, me too. So do you live near woods now? Um, so right now, uh, our family home, We, my sister now resides in our family home. That's surrounded by woods. So we're there all the time. Um, that's where she runs her nonprofit organization, which is in Heathens of Central New York. Um, and it's just all woods around the house. So whenever we need access to that, we go there. Um, right now, we do have a really good sizable yard at the house that we have, uh, which we're super happy with. We have a few juniper trees. We got a hemlock tree. Uh, so we're planning on doing some more planting and growing back there, make a really nice witch's garden. Um, but 
that's kind of what brought us here was that access to nature and that access to to forests that is good because i noticed even in massachusetts there were some plants around that were very hecate mm -hmm. so what are some good hecate plants that would help people again if they want to get to know this goddess or so some really good ones that i would recommend starting out with are things like um white willow poplar um if if you wanted to kind of work with her in a more chthonic or underworldly aspect, you can go with things like mullion leaf, which is associated with the dead. Um, two of her most predominant herbs from the ancient world are wormwood and bay leaves. So these are specifically used to manifest her energy, especially if you have a, an image like a statue, what you would do is you would surround it with wormwood and bay leaves, uh, and that acts as a conduit for her energy. And these are perfect also if you're making recipes or if you're making charms and you want to boost their witchcraft, you would put a little bit of specifically wormwood in there. Um, so whenever I tell someone to that's starting, I usually suggest to build a base off of the wormwood in the bay, go into your specific realm that you want to um, work with her in. So for example, if that's going to be graveyards, do things like mullion, patchouli, um, get some graveyard dirt. Um, if you wanted to go more into the medicinal healing aspects of her, you can do things like lavender, dandelion root. Um, if you wanted to uh, go into more like a, she does have a sea aspect. So if you're close to the sea and you kind of want to work with her energy there, you can go with like uh, any kind of sea mosses, um, squill, which is a type of bulb. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of play around with it, see which way she calls you. Um, but that's uh, if now she also works with all poisonous plants. Um, so if, this does kind of put off a lot of people who are new to the practice, so you don't have to do this. Um, but a really common one that you will probably find in most gardens and cemeteries is yew. Um, it looks like a, a kind of like a pine tree shrub with little red berries that have a pit in them. Um, highly toxic, but it is safe to, to kind of handle in limited quantities. Um, and that is good to put into charms and stuff as well. Good, good. Yes, just don't eat it. <laughs> right, do not eat it. Um, keep it away from any pets or children. Um, so typically what we do is all of our, our pretty much our apothecary is located away from the rest of the house. So you keep it out of your kitchen so you, you don't want your guests to mistake it for anything. I have a lot of nieces and nephews who are small. Um, we have a cat and a dog. We keep it really high and we keep it away from all of them so they will never have access to it. Perfect. And of course, if you are going to like, let's say you do have herbs that are ingestible, research them to make sure they're not interacting with any medications. Uh, make sure that you're using the safe quanti quantity of each of those. And of course, always uh, look into it more if you're breastfeeding or pregnant. Right, right. As with anything, exactly. you know, using yep. common sense as as humans, grown-ups, which mm -hmm. we don't always use common sense as right. humans <laughs> or grown-ups, but we, go, we aim for that. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's interesting because I've always been very elemental in my work, very hedgy and witchy and and not that much worked with specific deities as this and i kind of fell in love with akate oh i mean i've worked with her in little bits like this but i saw this whole other aspect through you and your work i must say um which was like oh okay i guess i better start reading this book i got the little statue <laughs> i got the necklace let's see where we go because i could see how her power would certainly work in the work that I'm already doing um, and in, in, in my life day to day. So, okay, tell everybody about Pan. So he's your king of the yeah, witches. Yeah, so 
Yeah, exactly. So Pan is um, later on in history, he becomes the king of witches. Um, now, this fits into a, a Hellenic cosmology and the fact that um, a lot of times you see like in the Chaldean oracles, which is this um, series of fragments from um, Persia that made it into Greece, um, where they call Hecate the cosmic soul or the force that ensouls the universe. Um, and this is pretty much the, the fiery ether that is spread throughout the universe, giving it magic. Uh, Pan embodies the universe. So he is the one who manifests witchcraft into the physical form. So he is the witchcraft once it becomes physical. Uh, so they, they kind of work in tandem in that respect. Um, you know, um, he also gives potency to herbs, particularly mushrooms, plants. Uh, he is the one who taught prophecy to Apollo. Um, he, he is extremely oracular. Um, so if you're working with herbs and potions, he is a great one to have alongside Hecate. And of course, as we know, as the Christians came in and they started demonizing the pagan gods, he literally inspired the devil. Yeah. So he became the Lord of the Sabbath. He became that, that black goat in the, in the center of the Sabbath that the witches were dancing around. Um, so, uh, as time goes on, I think we kind of need to reclaim that force we need to reclaim that imagery um and just create like a beautiful tradition that's kind of balanced so it's, it's that that hecate pulls down the ether through you and then pan manifests it into the physical world um and to kind of go into it a little further especially in my particular cult um so you have these two things that are required to manifest witchcraft and that is ether and will and we know that pan represents lust will is lust is a driver of will so you have her being the ethereal aspect him being that lustful will or that desire to manifest your witchcraft so they represent that that complete force to achieve your goals that's beautiful thank, thank you so you know you so the, your book Liber catonia and you've said catonic mm -hmm. a couple times so tell people what that means if they don't know what that means yeah so you have um Basically, in, in the, the Hellenic pantheons, the gods are separated into different aspects. So you have Oranic, which means heavenly. So this comes from Oranos, um, which means is basically the sky. And then you have Chthonic, which is the underworld. Um, so that's like, it's basically everything below the surface of the earth. Um, so Chthonic deities can include nymphs. They can include um, deities like Pan. Um, Demeter can be considered a, a Chthonic deity. Um, and then, of course, Hecate. So this is um, anything that, that you work with, specifically the earth and not the air, um, not the, the light. So typically you would worship Aaronic gods during the day when it's bright and then Chthonic gods when it's dark, so after nighttime. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank no you for that. Because, yeah, it's spelled funny. It's a fabulous yeah, word. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, uh, I even had to go with Catonia, right? Catonia, yeah, yeah, like Catonia, yep. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to the to graveyard just for a second, because I was so in awe of all that before we go. Um, and I love that your first thing you said is about respect, respect, mm -hmm. um, since she is the queen of witches. And again, we do want to bring respect into everything we do in the the spiritual metaphysical um, work. Um, so 
and I, I, I like some of the just thing you said, how the, the caretaker by day is in charge, the real literal human right caretaker of, of the graveyard is in charge. And then come night. Yep. Then you have this, this um, entity who represents the guardian of the graveyards at the entrances. Um, so this, we've, my family has seen this entity as typically a big black ominous figure. Um, and he will make sure that anyone who's not supposed to be in there, anyone who might disrespect it, especially people who are in tune with the spirit world, he will give them a clear message to either enter or not enter. Um, and the good thing is um, it's very uh, unmistakable. So you won't really question it if you're, you know, and of course, I always have to preface this. Um, and many areas going into graveyards at night is illegal. So this is typically, I like to say this is for teaching or to be used at your discretion, or if you want to research um, the laws in your area, but um, he will let you know if you are allowed or not allowed. And and when he's the basically the first guardian that you need to respect before you enter. Beautiful. And then you taught us about leaving coins and three coins, mm -hmm. which yep. I have done in the past and was never completely clear why. A lot of things you do, well, just because that's what you're supposed to do. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, you're paying him for access to the graveyard. To a graveyard. And, and again, how everywhere you go, you would have like almost ask that permission because mm -hmm. Sal was digging up a little moss. He wanted a little moss for the feet at Hakate when we're going into ritual. And he was blessing it and digging it. And he kind of went, nope. Nope, not supposed to do it here. Nope. And it was exactly. a very clear, nope. So he respected that, stepped it back into the ground and gave it a blessing, gave it some water and, and moved on. Yes, was, exactly. So as in everything in life, it seemed very much about awareness, even in this, working with the gods, working with the kati, where it's, it's just not going through life asleep. <laughs> right, exactly. And then what it does is it teaches witches to follow their intuition a lot better. Um, you know, a lot of people, when we talk about work, we're, we're um, talking to gods or spirits or to the dead. For many of us, it's not a physical talking. It's through our intuition. It's yeah. through feelings. It's through signs. Um, so whenever we take on students, we for, first teach them about the graveyard because that is where you're going to get the most energy. And that's where you're going to start to learn what is uh, intuition, what's in your head. Um, and because it is so literal, because they are very, very clear on what you're supposed to do or not to do. That is beautiful. Yeah. And you and you again, your teaching style is beautiful. You made it so clear. Um, ah, time is flying. I can't believe it. I have so much more to ask you, but can we have you come back again? And 100%. Yes. Yeah. As many um, times as you want, I'm more than happy. <laughs> thank you. But before we go, because I want you to fill everybody where they can find you. Do you have anything upcoming that we need to know about? And um, right now I have the book uh, in the works, uh, Libra Forbis. So this is going to be the equivalent for Pan. Um, so it's going to be the companion to Libra Chthonia. Um, so that should be done hopefully within the year. Um, for right now, I'm going to be getting more editions of the soft cover, so those should be arriving shortly. Um, and then I am going to be doing a limited, a small run of the hardcover, see where that goes. And okay. um, that's all at jeffcullenartistry.com. Um, and then uh, some things you can find through our other shop, the voodoo store.com. That's where we sell the oils, the incense, that type of thing. 
Okay, so jeffcullenartistry.com and the Voodoo Store, Voodoo Shop, Voodoo Store. Voodoo Store, yep, voodoostore.com. And if you're interested in like things like tarot, um, the divination coin that, that I showed you guys in the actual graveyard, the yes or no, if you still need that little bit of clarity, um, my husband designed a beautiful divination coin for that. And that's available at attendthesabbath.com. I got that. I love what a brilliant way to to I don't know what to do to just get that little tool along the way. My exactly. husband does a which side of the watch is the second hand on, but I like flipping a coin and you, he designed a beautiful coin. So mm -hmm. I went shopping in your yeah. little shop live and <laughs> exactly. nationwide. Yeah, and he just the cool thing is he just got his travel edition for his tarot deck in too. So those are absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you got a chance to see him at the event. He had a, one of the sample copies, but they're amazing. Okay. Well, we'll just have to do this again. Yeah, and I think absolutely. we are looking towards next year and doing this again. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So um, anyway, I cannot thank you enough. Um, any last words or wisdom or anything you want to give anybody before we go? Um, really get into the spirit of the season. Uh, embrace your personal practices um, and just get out there. Get your hands dirty. Um, manifest your will. Once you really find that spark, just run with it. Thank you. Words of wisdom My indeed. Pleasure. So everybody, thank you, Jeff Cullen. Look up jeffcullenartistry.com. Really check out his book. And it's good for beginners and advanced and everywhere in the middle. Um, again, what I've gone through it is just, it's. I can't wait to just sit down and finish reading it. The Voodoo <laughs> Shop, Voodoo Store. I keep going to do that store, wrong. Yep. The Voodoo, Voodoo store store. Yeah. Com. And believe me, I, I went shopping. I got a little Kakate stash. I've got the flipping coin. I got some necklaces. Holidays are coming. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. So you check them so out, welcome. you guys. Like and follow him. I'm sure on the, all the social medias, right? Yeah, Jeff Cullen Artistry on Instagram. Um, I have a Jeff Cullen Artistry on Facebook. Um, so go ahead and uh, give me a follow. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on. You're the welcome. Week. Thank you for having me. My Paranormal Network.